Hello, fans. This is Andy, and you are about to listen to our interview with Dorothy Fawn. Again, if you're not familiar with Dorothy, she is a voice actress who has been working in the industry for quite some time. And most notably for us, she did the voice of Meryl Strife from Trigun. We actually did an interview with Dorothy that was close to like maybe 45 minutes or so with all three of our hosts and her. But when we listened back to the audio, there was a problem with her internet connection. And the audio was really slowed down and quite funny and scary uh, at the same time. But we finally got around to figuring out our schedules and redoing the interview. And this time it's just myself and Dorothy talking about her career as a voice actress, her role on Trigun, and some other anime that she has worked on as well. The sound quality is pretty good, especially compared to the original. There are some a few moments where my microphone picks up some volume and some noise from the street that I wasn't able to completely scrub out, so I apologize on the few moments where that happens. It should not be too distracting. And there are a few moments where, because again, we are recording this over Skype, where Dorothy's audio gets a tiny bit distorted, and I tried to fix that as much as possible. But again, these are minor things that I just wanted to mention that should not be any major concern. If you like this interview, make sure to support us over at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese where you can donate a small amount of money and we'll use that money to hopefully work on getting better software for recording these remote episodes and maybe try to bring you some more. We have a few other ideas in the works as far as interviews go and we'll have more information on that in the coming months as well. This is a really fun interview, guys. I hope you enjoy it. And if you like it, share it with your friends. Tell people about this particular interview. If they don't listen to the show, start them with this. This is a really fun one. And we will be back with another episode on Tuesday where we're going to try to maybe squeak in a couple of reviews on the same episode. We're going to experiment around with our format a little bit as well. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. You know, what makes you famous why should the fans <laughs> recognize your voice? Not about famous, but um, <laughs> I guess I'm known for, um, well, Meryl from Trigun, of course. Kaoru from Ruronin Kenshin. Conan from Naruto. Lilymon from Digimon. Mary Bitch from Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. A whole bunch of stuff. I've been doing this for kind of a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> how long is a, a long time, if you don't mind me asking? Like, how did you get interested in voice acting? How did it all begin? Well, uh, oh my God, this is such a weird story. Um, I was, I was just an actress at the time. I was a stage actress. I did musicals and I did the occasional, uh, commercial and voice acting wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just totally fell into my lap. My husband, Tom, Tom Fon, who plays Agumon in Digimon, by the way. Uh, yeah, he was working this post-production job, and one of the guys he worked with came in one day and said, you know, um, I have this cartoon, this anime thing from Japan, and, and we need actors to uh, dub it into English because it's in Japanese. He's like, you're an actor, right? Yeah, your wife's an actress. Uh, you guys come in. You, you guys come in, and we'll... Uh... So he just, like, we went in, and we uh, got a couple of other friends, and started recording what the heck it was um oh wait 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 i remember it it was i played shia it was super dimension century orgus okay that's, okay that's a mouthful yeah yeah a mouthful and uh so that was what got the ball rolling after that i had no idea what what this was this whole voice acting thing but like yeah it sounds like fun and it was fun and then you know another one came along and then 
another one came along and pretty soon I was mostly just doing that. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I, th I know when we had a chance to talk with Jessica Calvello, one of the things that she talked about in her own uh, kind of path and career was kind of a similar thing. She was more mm -hmm. interested in very traditional acting. Uh, yeah. And, and what what is the key differences, you think, between what we consider to be traditional acting and doing voice acting work? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, I've discovered as the years have gone by that, wow, I think I like this more only because if you're on stage or in front of the camera, you have to look really good. You have to be mm -hmm. constantly aware of what your character looks like, right. you know, and your hair has to be right and your makeup has to be right and your costume has to be right. Everything has to be like, forget it, man. I'm going to do voiceovers. <laughs> I can go to the booth in sweats with my hair in a ponytail, and it's, it's fantastic. And I can just be free to act without having to worry about all the other Michigas. Right. You know. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I imagine, you know, there's a lot. It's a lot more demanding when you have to think about your physical presence and how you're conveying that. But it, it's oh, really kind of neat yeah. how you can convey so much just with your voice. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was interesting. I actually I took to it pretty well because when you're a stage actor, uh -huh, you're used to like just, you know, physically your whole body is mm -hmm. moving around the stage sort of like helping you, energize you and um, you know, when you're voice acting, it's just you and the script and the, you know, the screen and the microphone and uh <laughs> You can't move around a whole lot in there. I mean, you can, but you don't want to hit the mic or knock the music stand. <laughs> right. Because then it's like, a cut, you know. <laughs> so tell me about, since we reviewed uh, Trigun as part of our second season for our podcast, Turning mm -hmm. Japanese, um, tell me a little bit about how you got the role of Meryl. Was there an interesting story behind it or is just kind of someone was looking to, to cast that particular role and you just happened to be in the right place, right time sort of thing? Well, yeah, because I, I knew the people who were casting it at the time. I was working at a place called Magnitude 8, which just closed down, I think, last year. Oh, really? Um, it was it was sad because I worked there for years. Mm -hmm. And we had done, oh, God, what did we re re recorded? Um, El Hazard and mm -hmm. Battle Athletes <laughs> and, uh, and all this great stuff. And so they knew my voice and uh, they you know, just said, hey, you know, I think this part would be really good for you. So I came in and I just read a little bit and they're like, yeah, yeah, our our instinct was good. You're Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. what, what do you think of the character of Meryl? Because uh, we have talked in the show, we have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Meryl. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think it's mostly a positive um, connotation with Meryl, <laughs> yeah. but Meryl has her moments throughout that anime where yeah. she kind of definitely does not jive as well with a lot of the other characters uh unless it's <laughs> unless it's uh specifically millie like what what, do you, what are your thoughts like what do you think of when you think of meryl strife well first of all i love her name because it's you know reminiscent of meryl streep yep. who's the greatest actress ever <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i love meryl she's she's very proficient i guess is the word at her job you know that's her thing she's right. she wants to do a good job and she doesn't want to have a whole lot of other distractions, I don't think. And so, you know, she comes to this place and she's got this mission. And this guy is like a freak. <laughs> and <laughs> and she doesn't know what to make of him. And she's trying to, you know, put him in a little cubby hole in her brain. This is where he fits. But he doesn't really fit 
in any one place. Mm-hmm. And I think it like kind of throws her for a loop. It like, uh, you know, messes up her little perfect world kind of. And uh, and then it helps her evolve and change and, you know, yeah, have a different attitude towards him. It's an interesting pairing of characters. Uh, the writing is really interesting in that particular anime because you have such a brash, outlandish character like Vash the Stampede. But, but at the same time, he's not being true to who he is, right? You know, he's got this darker yeah. side and he's trying to kind of cover it up with his womanizing and, and munching on all kinds of food and all that. And then you've got Meryl who is kind of wears her heart on her sleeve but at the same time i think there's a lot more to her character than she puts on yeah well you know she has her heart on her sleeve yes but she's trying as hard as she can to not wear her heart on her sleeve you Mm -hmm. know what i mean right she because i think i think she's the kind of person who uh just wants to be in control of herself if nothing else right um and i i think it, it i don't know she gets a little bit wobbly when she feels herself feeling things that, you know, take her out of her comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think since, you know, we, we don't get a, a full conclusion to the, the story, do you think that there's a chance that, you know, I, I don't want to ask the shipping question, but do you think there was no. ever a chance for Vash and, and, and Meryl to actually ever be an item? I don't, you know, I don't think so. I, I do think that she, um, ended up having some pretty strong feelings for him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think, you know, if the series had gone further, I, I think that they would have been just, you know, just really good friends or, you know, right. as close as friends can be without going the romantic route. I don't think that was really for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they had some good moments, but, I just don't think they were, like, right for each other. There we go. There we go. It's the official word right there. Anyone who is ever wondering, uh, we've got it on tape. Uh, (laughs) I I do have another question about voice acting. Yes. When we talked with Jessica Calvello um, before, one of the things that she brought up was how isolated voice acting can be. How it's just you in a studio. You know, and it was something that at the time we we didn't understand the full capacity of it because we we don't voice act ourselves. Um, (laughs) But... We were surprised to hear that, you know, she didn't really ever meet any of the other voice actors on uh, a lot of her projects. Uh, did you ever mm-hmm. have an opportunity yeah. to meet anyone from uh, when you were doing Trigon? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? That's that's true for just about every show you work on. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's very isolated and it's not uncommon to never meet some of the people that you act with on screen right. for years. Right. <laughs> I actually don't know if I did I meet Johnny in person I don't think I met him in person while we were recording the series I don't think I met him till like a few years later and I'm like oh hey Bash yay nice to meet you Millie um but yeah uh I I already knew Jess Nimoy so I knew Mm -hmm. Wolfwood so we saw each other from time to time and Leah uh Sargent who was Millie directed me Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone else directed it I can't remember but I know she directed so you know, and I think my husband did some little small roles here and there, right. and a couple of my other friends, but you never see each other. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know Jeff Nimoy, I probably would never have met him during the recording <laughs> right. because it's just, it's, you know, one at a time. It's your studio time and then you leave and, you know, half an hour later, the next person comes in. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, how, how was working with Leah Sargent, um, specifically since you had the opportunity to not only have her directing your work uh, for this series, but then her also playing the role of Millie and Millie and Meryl being so inseparable? Like, how, how was that experience? <laughs> that was fantastic. I just, I could not believe little tiny, I don't know if you know this, Leah Sargent is, I I think I'm like five one, okay, and she she may be five feet tall. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure. And, and her character is Millie, <laughs> this towering huge thing. Oh yes, with this little tiny voice, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, I just love that. Um, but yeah, it, she was great to work with because we I don't know we hit it off. You usually have a pretty good working relationship with whatever directors. So there's very few who are a pain in the neck. But uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. There was a scene where. Meryl has to cry. I think we did talk to, about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted me to really cry. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean really cry? You know, we do the, the fake cry, which sounds <laughs> kind of real and kind of fake. You know, because we did it. We did it like that a couple of takes. And I thought, wow, that sounds really good. And <laughs> she said, you know, I, re- I want you to really cry. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. So, uh, God, it's like I'm on stage again now. I have to find this dark place oh, yeah. within me. Yeah, definitely. To, yeah. You know what? I ended up hearing it later, and part of it to me did sound better because I was really crying. But another part of it to me sounded like, oh, God, that's kind of an ugly cry. I wish you didn't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's It's caught on, on audio and film forever now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what are some of your, that was, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a cringe moment having to listen back to that kind of thing. But what were some of your favorite moments from that particular series? Do you have any particular moments from the actual show itself or anything as far as like moments that you voiced that you really enjoyed? Overall, I, I, she's one of my favorite characters. I loved, loved doing Meryl. And I wish there was like so many more episodes so we could have done that a lot <laughs> right. more. There's this, there's one moment that I remember out of the whole entire series is when she and Vash are on this like mountaintop at night mm-hmm. and they're just like looking at the starry sky and he's like singing some little song and then she starts singing this little oh, song with yeah. him. It's just this little sweet moment, you know, where they're like kind of connecting, you yeah. know, not like love connection right. connecting, but, but it was just really sweet. Yeah, and um, Yeah, I remember that moment. Yeah, that for me sticks out more than uh, anything else. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Uh, so let's get away from Trigun a little bit. Uh, so aside from Meryl, what would you consider to be your other favorite roles that you've had a chance to play? Whoo, doggy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do I how do I pick from all my children? Because um, <laughs> they are they're all my babies. Mm-hmm. Well, Conan is one of my favorites from Naruto. Mm-hmm. I call her Post-it Girl because she kind of, you know, she like becomes these little squares of paper that can somehow kill you. And um, <laughs> like you do in interestingly, anime. <laughs> I didn't audition for that one either. Really? Interestingly, yeah, I was already working on Naruto in a smaller role, mm-hmm. um, Mabui. I okay. Was. Yep. And then Conan came along because the show's been on for like 500 years, yeah, right? Pretty so, much. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm I'm on it and I'm doing a small role and um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn was directing and she said there's this role coming up Conan I think you could I think you could do it I think you could really I, I want you to play that part so I'm like okay 
So she shows me, you know, you have to watch the Japanese before you record. So I watch mm -hmm. the Japanese and I'm like, wow, she's really serious. She's got some serious stuff going on and, mm -hmm. and her voice is, is much lower than I usually played. I usually played like my voice a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but she's yeah. very uh, serious. There was some crap going on with her. And so I got that part and oh my God, I came to love her. I came to love Conan so much. <laughs> and it was so sad when she, spoiler alert, died. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the wonderful thing about anime is that they have flashbacks, you know, mm -hmm. pretty often sometimes in this show. Uh, every now and then I'll get a call. Oh, yeah, we need you to come in for Naruto, but I'm dead. Well, you're back. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like the weird Dragon Ball Z thing. It's just it's just a flashback. It's just a flashback. Yeah. So Conan and um, interestingly, uh, I played some evil characters in Sailor Moon that I really liked. Also, yes, yes. And this was <laughs> and for, remind me, this was the remake, the the newest one, the Viz dub, right? The most recent one. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I got to play. What's her name? On on slash Natsumi. Yes. She was this this alien, this like. Well, she, uh, I want to say she's evil, but she, in her own mind, she's not evil. What no. she's doing is not evil. And then she pretends to be this normal teenage girl, Natsumi, yeah. who falls in love and, you know, acts like a freak. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. That yeah. was really fun. And then I got to come back and do two other villains. I right. got to do Cyprin and Patillo. Yes. I wish there was more of them, too, because that was super fun. They oh, were yeah. evil with without, you know, trying to hide it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, we talk quite a bit about Sailor Moon um, on, our, on our show just because it was the first, one of the first animes that, I mean, everyone, like, you know, in America, that was one of the first animes that really got people hooked uh, to the genre. Yeah. And it's really cool that you got to play the role of Anne. You know, I listened to another podcast where they kind of compare Anne and the other one, Alan, or Ale, I guess, is the... The, the, yes. the Viz name. Uh, the, he, they always were, like affectionately call them shitty teens, because um, because they kind of that's kind of their role. They just and I can say that because I work with with high schoolers. But uh, it's it's you know like in a very affectionate way. Like they're such interesting characters because there is that level of immaturity uh, that I ma imagine will make them very fun to to play. Yeah. Well, they also had a really interesting relationship. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm like, uh. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you call that. Um, brother, <laughs> no. sister, or uh, r romantic, or both. I don't know. It was freaky, but, but you know, but hey, fun. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my so, gosh. So you, you brought up, um, like, different roles, and I know that in... You know, you talked about how in Naruto you played a couple different roles. I know one of my one of my all time favorite animes, Gungrave, you played um, multiple characters in that as well. What's yes. how is playing? You know, what's the difference in you know for you as an actor playing, let's say, just like Meryl in Trigun, and that's the one character focusing on versus yeah playing multiple characters at the same time for a for a series. Yeah, well, you know, I love doing both. When you have a character who, you know, you're in every episode and you just kind of become one with them. So when you come into the booth, you just, you feel like you can just flow right into it and you're, you know, you're going mm -hmm. and you're acting and you're that person. When you come in and do a bunch of different parts, it's fun. It's not as, uh, as in depth. You know what I right. mean? I mean, you, you do what you can with the little that you have. In a way, it's, it's more freeing because you're not tied down to this part. Right. Like, uh, I'll come in and do, and they'll say, okay, we have, uh, you know, like four or five small parts for you to do in this one. Mm -hmm. And 
I will go from playing a little boy right. to a little girl to a teenager to a mom to a grandmother <laughs> uh, to someone just, you know, dying, being stabbed to death or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And that is it's just kind of freeing because it's yeah. so all over the map. And that's really fun. But, uh, you know, of course, then you don't get to come back in every episode. Yeah, that's true. You really want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you find do you find that uh, that comes easy to you? This like switching back and forth between these different roles? Yes, I do. Because, well, because now I have like way more experience. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, hundred years ago, I I didn't think I could play a boy, mm-hmm. a little boy. Yeah. I didn't think I was one of those people. You know, Nancy Cartwright does boys. You know, right. uh, Debbie Derryberry does yep. boys. I don't. I don't know how to. I mean, does boy voices. Um, <laughs> phrasing. <yeah>. And <laughs> then, <laughs> but why? No, God, phrasing. <laughs> but Kevin Seymour, who was directing a lot at Magnitude Eight, mm-hmm. said, "I want you to play the lead in this movie that I have called Catnapped, and the lead cat is a boy." And I'm like, "I, I can't do boy voices." And he's like, "I think you can," but I never have. And he's like but I can tell that you can. So uh, apparently they weren't on a super tight schedule because we went in to record this thing and he like helped me along to try and find a way to do a boy voice. And, you know, as the years went by, it just got easier and easier. And I'm like, oh my God, this opens up a whole new world. I just played a a little boy in Devilman Crybaby. And it was just, it was great. Oh, that's a freaky show. That is like super freaky. Don't watch it. You'll get nightmares. <laughs> okay. But... I'll, I'll be sure not to. <laughs> but so, so yeah. So that just adds one more role that I can do when they come in and they say, we have like five roles for you. Steve Kramer directed me in, what the heck was it? Oh my God. What did he direct? Oh yeah. The show called Tokyo Pig. What is and that? Tokyo Pig. And he cast me as the mom. It was very funny. Very strange. He cast me as the mom. And he wanted her to have like a, a Midwest accent. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I don't think I've ever <laughs> done a Midwest accent in my life. So I, I, I think I looked something up really quickly just to listen to it and, and, uh, and started to, what was one of my lines? Oh, yeah. Uh, Spencer, stop doing your homework. It's time to go outside and play. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Add that one to the list. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Um, uh, so how is uh, doing video game work? I saw the, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't know until, you know, we sat down to, to kind of look deeper into your uh, resume a bit that you had done so much work with video games as well. Oh, yeah. How, how is oh, doing yeah. video game voiceover work? It's completely different. Okay, how so? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. I think anime has the most, the most work to it Mm -hmm. there's a certain skill set that you need to be able to dub anime right if you're doing original animation all you're doing is acting in front of a mic with a script you don't have to worry about you know watching lip flaps from somebody else's you know what i mean Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just way easier and games are the same but you don't get as full of a picture of your character when you're doing a game Mm -hmm. there's like a little description and they'll try and tell you things along the way about what's going on and the way that you're supposed to react. But it's it's very sketchy. You have to make decisions like immediately yeah. <laughs> about what's going on. And uh, yeah, so there's there's no picture. Once in a while, they'll have like a little scene where you do it to picture. But 90% of the time, it's just 
your lines with no context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least in original animation, you have the full script. Yeah. You know, you're recording it together. You are in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll go in to do a game, and there'll be just your lines on the page. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just your lines. And uh, so they'll say, okay, and this one, uh, this is going on, so give me three in a row. Do the line three, three times, slightly different. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Sometimes they'll lead you in with a line. Oh, it's not, You know what? Sometimes they will have the other characters' lines, but a lot of the time, you don't get that. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty fun. But So the director may say the line that's ahead of you to give you a clue, more of a clue. But I love, <laughs> I love video games. They're so fun. The characters are really, really out there. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, you know, you think anime is weird. You know, video games is its own sort of thing as well. Do you do a lot of, like, uh, like guttural noises and, like, shouts and, like, like attack sounds? And oh, stuff? Like, God. I was doing that kind of stuff. I imagine that's got to be a little weird. That is a skill in itself, too, because you have to learn how to, uh, to project these sounds realistically mm-hmm. without trashing your voice. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say, if you do enough video games, you will lose your voice. Mm-hmm. At one time or another, you will. I, I have. I lost my voice for a week one time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Even though, you, even though you try to, you know, support your breath and have your Chinese cough drops and <laughs> your tea with honey. Right. It's, it's going to happen once in a while. But luckily, lately, I've been playing these characters who, even though they're battling, they're like, sweet. <laughs> so so they don't want the you know that stuff they wanted to go uh-huh. or whatever yeah, right yeah. so it's like oh way easier on the voice oh Thank yeah definitely you. definitely <laughs> uh and in league of legends i didn't even speak i was a little creature who went around going <laughs> you know <laughs> oh that's so fantastic <laughs> it was great <laughs> oh my gosh no lines just sounds yeah just just noises uh, mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot more as far as questions. Uh, just a few more to kind of wrap up here. Um, sure. Here's an easy one, or maybe not. It, it probably isn't. But what what are some of your favorite animes of all time, personally? Well, try again. Uh- <laughs> easy answer. Easy answer. R- Rurouni Kenshin. Oh, that's such a um, good one. I love that show. Love doing it. Everyone, everybody I I worked with on that show was just amazing. It was so fantastic. Uh, love Hina. Oh gosh! Which is a, a kooky, very yes. crazy show. Very weird. And uh, interestingly, I'm gonna be at a convention later this year mm-hmm. with Derek Stephen Prince, and they're gonna, I think, probably try and get us to do a, a Love Hina panel. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be funky. And also, I, I found this to be kind of interesting. I did a a show. It was Gundam What zero zero eight three, and I played this character Nina Purpleton. And she was, uh, you know, kind of one of those in control gals. She wore, like, you know, the power suit skirt thingy with the little button earrings, her little short blonde bob. And then a couple years ago, I get cast in Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans as Maribeth Stapleton. And I go in, and she's this in control kind of gal in Uh these, like, power suits and pants (laughs) with little blonde bob and little button earrings. I'm like, this is typecasting. <laughs> I am playing the same character. <laughs> do, do you find that? But, uh, do you find that typecasting is something that that uh, voice actors have to deal with? Well, only because of the natural quality of the voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've played so many moms over the years, right. and or or you know the woman in charge, yeah. right? That kind of thing. Just because, but um, 
you know, I've got to play other things too, luckily, but you know, the mom voice has been my bread and butter all those years. <laughs> oh, okay. I have to tell you this one story. Yeah, go for it. Um, I played Melody in Hunter Hunter, mm-hmm. this character. She was on for like one certain arc of the show and then they went off into the distance. Sadly, I would love for her to come back. I actually auditioned for that one. That wasn't one where they said, here, we want you to do this part. Right. So they email me the sides with a picture of the character. And do you know what Melody looks like? Uh, I'm not familiar, uh, actually. Melody looks like a little, maybe four foot tall, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> okay. She's <Huh>. bald <laughs> on the top oh, with no. long hair around uh-huh. the sides. Uh-huh. And, and she also has a little buck tooth like squirrel thing going on in the front. Huh. So so I, I got that picture. And before I even looked at the sides, I looked at her, her in quotes, I went, Oh, she, that character probably talks like this. It looks like some kind of little squirrel dude, right? It's got to be like that. And then I find out, first of all, it's a girl. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe she's a tom girl. Then they sent me a voice sample of the Japanese. Uh-huh. And she sounds very sweet. And she's just like this. And she doesn't sound anything the way she looks. That's such a weird combination. I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Okay, great. So... <laughs> So I did that voice uh-huh. for Benjamin Franklin and got the part of Melody. <laughs> did that voice for Benjamin Franklin. Oh, that's the best <laughs> line I've heard all week. Uh- <laughs> that was pretty fun. Oh, my gosh. So let's say you could have any role. I'm talking something like from the past that's already been done that needs to be redone, something in anime, something otherwise. What would be like your dream role to be cast in? God. Um, wow. Well, I think I would love to play anything in any of the uh, Star Wars cartoons. I will oh. tell you that much. Clone Wars, uh-huh. or there's a new one that's that's going to be coming out, and <laughs> I don't get auditions for those. Oh. It's really sad. Uh, I would love to play anything in one of the Star Wars shows someday. That's like a, a dream. Um, that's really cool. And of you know, I would love to play. Uh, I would love to play like older Carrie Fisher in something. Oh, there you go. I mean, not no. I would say in between Carrie Fisher, not young like the early mm-hmm. ones, not old like the late ones. Yeah, yeah. But you know, hey, I could do that. Like like like, like <laughs> in between, like what happened in between? You know, the the new yeah, ones exactly. and the originals. I could put my hair in buns. There you go. I got cinnamon buns. Yes, <laughs> I'm all for this. Uh, we'll we'll start the hashtag Dorothy for Leia, and we'll see if we can get this going. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to kind of wrap up here. So um, before we go, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to maybe tell our listeners anything that you're currently working on, things you can talk about, obviously, or yeah. things coming up <laughs> that you that are going to be released that you finished, or anything in particular, con appearances. What can people look forward to uh, from you? Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> I can't really talk about anything, sadly. Okay. Um, I, I, I will say this. We started recording another season of a show that I didn't expect to get another season out of. Oh. And uh, so that's fun. Well, that's been, a tease. Um, it's I think it's been a couple years. And so we started recording another season of that. So huh. that's fun. Interesting. Um, oh, I have a, I have a game coming out this year. Ooh, so what is it? What is it? What is it? I can't say it. No. Um, okay. Good. That's fair. That's <laughs> it's fair. Not, it's not Danganronpa. I did okay. Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc and V3, yeah. and those were great, and I loved them. This is completely different. Interesting. And I think it comes out either 
between July, August, September, something like that. And uh, I really, really love it so much. And I can't tell you anything oh, about it. Well, uh, I, will, I will be looking for this game when it does come out. And I'll be like, that's what right. she was talking about the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And I'm doing a convention this weekend with my husband, Tom von Agumon. And then in a couple of months, I'll be doing a convention in Kansas City, I think. Oh, cool. Where, uh, where Steve Prince, Derek Stephen Prince, is going to be. Nice. Yeah, so that's what's happening so far. All right. And, you know, working on little bits of this and that here and there Keeping that busy. I can't even remember because <laughs> my brain is fried. <laughs> I am right there with you. I totally understand. <laughs> Dorothy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, oh, to me, really, this time, uh, to, to having this <laughs> sure. conversation. I really do appreciate it. Right. No problem. Have a great All one. Right, you too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadowfane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Home Stars, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, The Reanimator Podcast, Taco Tuesday Podcast, Nerd Control, and our newest show, Hairless Pretenders.